This is episode number 32 of the Don't Start a Band podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. If you've listened to all 32 episodes, thank you so much. If this is your first time listening to the Don't Start a Band podcast, thank you so much. If you could do me a favor, share it with your friends, maybe subscribe on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, all that stuff, I would greatly appreciate it. A little background information about today's episode. Uh, Technology screwed me on this one because Pro Tools decided to stop recording right before the interview started. So I had to go on YouTube, download the video, extract the audio, put the audio back into Pro Tools, and I tried to doctor it as much as possible, but it still sounds a little wonky. Um, But... Aside from that, YouTube decided to only put an hour of the stream on my YouTube page. So the interview is cut a little short, and I want to apologize to the guest for that. I want to apologize to all of you for a short interview, but that should entice you to go and follow them and find out more about them. And I promise that we will have a redemption podcast that I will not fuck up. Despite all that, today's guest is an alternative rock band from Denver, Colorado. They're called Blueprint, and they're releasing their debut EP this Friday, July 19th, and they're having a little EP release show at a venue called Globe Hall, and my band, The Backseaters, is opening for them. All the bands have pre-sale tickets for $12, and the show starts at 9. So go to the show, you have nothing better to do, and buy their CD. If you've listened to this episode, you know how important buying CDs is to me. It supports the artist, but other than that, it keeps the CD-making process alive. Because when you're a band and you record an album... It's frustrating, and when you hold that physical copy, it makes it all worth it. So, go out to the release show this Friday at Globe Hall. Blueprint's debut EP is going to be out. Buy a copy of it. Pre-sale tickets are $12. Show starts at 9. And here is the phenomenal short conversation that we had. And, uh, yeah, let's get into it. This is Blueprint from Denver, Colorado on the Don't Start a Band podcast. Cue the music. I am here with Blueprint, the band. Blueprint.band. With no E. Right? Yeah, no E. No E. Blueprint, no E, dot band, at everything. What's up, fellas? Chilling. Thanks for having us. Hell yeah. I'm stoked to have you guys. Uh, Let's go around and talk a little bit about yourselves and how you got into music. (coughs) Dope. Taylor, you want to start? Yeah, I'm Taylor. I play drums for the band. Josh, Tyler, and I have known each other for quite a while, and we've been playing music together for a long time. Um, and that's kind of the start of it all. We all moved out here and kind of formed a band with Keaton. I'm Keaton. Where'd you guys move out from? Illinois, Chicago area. About 40 yeah. minutes south. A little bit more like an hour. Yeah. So when did you guys of... move out here? Recently? Me so, and Tyler yeah. moved out here in 2012. It could be a like long first, story. Like when we first yeah. graduated, but as as far as consecutively, we've been here probably about three or four years. For least. the weed. Yeah. <laughs> That's the joke. It was. It's always a plus, though. It's always a plus. Not for you. For the weed. Yeah. <laughs> Not for me. No, we met Keaton later on. Josh and I played in a different band. So long story short, we met him through that. Um, heard him play guitar. Uh, loved the energy and just kind of created a band with him. Hell yeah. You know? And how did you get into music? <sighs> Going way back to really my dad influenced me to get into music. Um, he was a drummer, piano player. Nice. Big 80s hair metal guy. Oh. So that was kind of my, 
You know, Shout out to what do you do, Tyler? Um, I play bass and blueprint, and <laughs> really I started playing music because all my friends either like skated or constantly playing sports. I couldn't skate for shit. But Same. Uh, so I just I picked up a guitar, taught myself. Took forever. I was Hell terrible yeah. at first, obviously. <laughs> did so, you do it by like tabs or did you actually like learn no. theory and all that shit? Tabs, lessons, didn't you? I picked, yeah, I, I took some lessons. But you know you quit. Yeah. I quit on like <laughs> yeah. I quit on like four different lessons. I quit on lessons too. I just That's picked it up on tabs and then I joined like a couple I wouldn't even call them bands, just people jamming. Yeah. Kind of how I learned. And then we were in a band in Chicago. That's how I learned how to play guitar was being in a band. Yeah. Well, I remember you told me that you played music years ago when uh, our girlfriends worked at the same place. Yeah. And you said that you played bass. That's how you guys met, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. I, I was always traditionally a guitar player, but I always played bass too. But you're the guitar player that can play bass. Yeah. Which is everyone. Hell yeah. <laughs> if you can own it, like it right. works. Like our uh, right. bass player in the backseaters, he's a guitar player, but. Uh, you know, over the years, he's kind of taken it upon himself to uh, do his own thing as opposed to just like following the guitar yeah. on the bass. So, uh, I'm yeah. probably more theoretically, like on music theory, I'm probably more sound on bass. Okay. Yeah, just because I played in like church groups and took lessons in that. And now I prefer it. Yeah, I remember uh, after our first show, we played at um, Lost Lake Lounge. And um, Tyler, you looked at me and you're like, yeah, I'm never playing guitar again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm totally cool where I'm at. So. Yeah, I was going to say, he's got a big sound on bass. So. Hell yeah. It's pretty cool for all of us. That. Hell yeah. Yeah, this whole thing kind of started off really as Josh's passion project. You can talk about that a little <laughs> bit, Josh. Just kind of started off with you, really. <clears throat> well, I did play bass and sing in uh, The Common Good with Taylor. Um you were in that band? Yeah. Still are. Still, Still a side are. project for us. And we meet oh, every okay. every Monday night and everything, mm -hmm. but that's kind of like how it got started. And <clears throat> unfortunately, we had a band member, our drummer, moved away. So it kind of like put things on a halt. And I kind of like got that desire. I wanted to keep playing. I wanted to get out. And like, I'm, I'm here to make this happen. So um, I think it was two summers ago. I just broke out the acoustic and started writing stuff down and kind of just like not really force myself, but just kind of like force myself to find inspiration and start to get something going because I didn't want to waste time on that. Um, and then it ended up turning into a little bit of a bigger project than I imagined. Yeah. Um, Hell yeah. Worked with a couple people um, in the process of getting it to where it's going to, you know, where it's at. Um, and now like a year later, we're here releasing the EP already. Mm -hmm. So it's just awesome. That's kind of like, a kind of a play-by-play -play fast way through it yeah josh, josh really got it all started uh, on his own completely um which he, is dope because it made all of our jobs easier you know coming in we decided to form a band <laughs> i i left a band uh, a different band so i left the band and then i right away i was like you know josh the solo stuff is sounding good like do you want to <clears> do more with it and he was interested in the idea and basically i just hit up tyler and keaton i remember texting you uh, when you lived in Mich uh, michigan just talking about the project <clears throat> Um, he moved to Michigan for a short time and then moved back um, for this band, maybe. for the band really, <laughs> to start the band. Nice. Um, and then that's right away cool. we just had a game plan. We wanted to record music and record a music video right away, and that's just kind of what we did, and just went going from there. You know, so it was awesome because uh, before any of us even really joined the band, Josh was already like recording these yeah. songs and it just is. like yeah. taking it upon himself to be like, "Hey, I believe in these songs. I want to record them myself." So he just kind of took it from there, and then we just kind of leached onto him, and now we're here. <laughs> that sounds extremely similar to how I did the backseaters, because I was playing drums for bands and then just had some ideas for songs. And uh, it's just kind of like Warped Tour was like my thing. Like Warped yeah. Tour, every time I go there, it like boosts my inspiration by like sevenfold. Like I don't understand why, but it kind of like gets me like. Like, that's what I want to do. And it's like, I go home and I start practicing and start writing and just like, you know, you find inspiration at the weirdest times. And it's, you know, a lot of times the more simpler lifestyle, like driving oh, your yeah. car and just kind of like jamming out to yourself or in the shower, or like on a walk. It's just, I don't know. So, Every time I go to a show, I have that feeling like yep, halfway yep. through that I'm like, yep. all right, I want to go home and play like 
I'm probably going to get a little bit of hate for this, <laughs> but uh, went and saw Dead and Company Hell last yeah. Saturday. That's awesome. And, I did last year. Awesome. I did last year too. <laughs> listening to John Mayer and watching the yes. whole thing. like, um, And then we saw Death Cab for Cutie a couple weeks ago. It just makes me want to be a yeah. better musician. Yeah. yeah. You know, 100%. a lot of our friends are deadheads, dude. So. Awesome. We get it. <laughs> well, I don't. I don't know about hate from you guys, but like I grew up in the the You're, Warped Tour scene and definitely the Denver like hardcore and pop punk scene. So, a lot of my friends. Uh, we grew up in the Tinley Park, like real friends. Like Tinley Park's like forty five minutes away from where we really grew up. Yeah, and that's where a lot of like Knuckle Puck and real friends came from. Like that Midwestern kind of like. They kind of changed stuff. the sound a little Changing bit, like little bit. adding yeah. uh, that emo feel mm -hmm. to it. A little, like bit, a little bit of sad stuff. Oh, yeah. So you that's what I kind of grew up. I, I that's And I think that kind of like transpires in the music, and I don't really mean to. No, okay. It's just kind of like the way, I think it, it kind of comes off kind of like that little bit of older style, mid-2000s yeah. feel. And that's what Did I you ever about. play in a uh, city called Barrington, Illinois? Yeah, we did. We Possibly. In yeah, we, we played in some bar <laughs> Did it have like? Did you play in like the? Was there a downstairs yeah, area? The Yahoo Pub or something? I can't remember, but I just remember the tables were bolted to the ground, and this was when I was playing guitar for If I Fail. We were on tour, and like If I Fail's music is very, uh, you know, you want to dance to it, and there's breakdowns and that whole thing, but. Uh, yeah, I just remember there were tables bolted to the ground and they had this huge sign out front that was like no uh no body slamming or slam dancing and like <laughs> shit like that. It was hilarious. <laughs> no but uh why'd you move out to Denver as opposed to you take uh, that one, Tyler? Chicago. You started it. Uh for me months after we graduated high school, because we all graduated the same year, same high school. My who's my wife now? She's my girlfriend at the time. She's from Colorado, and she just wanted to get out, try something. No, she wanted to go back. Sorry, and I wanted to get out, try something new. Okay. Traditionally, my family was like everyone lived in like four square miles. I was just kind of over it. Yeah. I you know was just kind of going day by day. So she dipped out here, and I came to visit, and I just never ended up going back. So nice. And then we all talked to him and music became a conversation, of course, as to why we moved out here. It took a while to get the ball rolling on that. Uh, a lot of learning experiences. <coughs> I moved between. back twice. Yeah. That's kind of why I kept looking at Josh. Because like, it's hard. Like, just, that cruise, young. like, I mean, to really think about it, like sometimes you get devastated in life, but to think that like I graduated in 2012 and I moved back like two or three times and never quit. And now I'm here and now all this stuff is happening. You guys it's, all graduated in 2012? Yeah. Except for me. He's six years younger than us. Yeah, I graduated in 2017. I graduated in 2012, too. I don't look as uh, mature as you guys. Like, you guys look like adults. I look like a child who cool. got tattoos. Depends on what day you catch us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. Or how we're acting. Catch That's us at the end of the night of our EP show. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be little kids. Which so. I'm excited for, and we will get to. But right. I wanted to ask... How did you come up with the name? I know it's a super like common question, right, but you strange. did leave <clears throat> a letter off, like kind of made it, you know. Josh has been talking about Blueprint forever, the name, and I'll let him take him from there. But like he had it in his head for a while. It's like, well, what about Blueprint? <laughs> and like <laughs> and we always liked it. Anytime we ever tried to change the name, like Blueprint just kept coming back. Yeah. Just like it was always that, like, you know, how about we name the band this? And then Josh is like, how about blueprint and then, <laughs> and then we're solid. like how about we change yeah. it again and then they're like how about blueprint and then I it just kind of like fulfill its its term and its meaning you know as a band name um it kind of came up to me one night like like i was saying i that two summers ago i like had a lot of things like thrown at me once like a, a kid a car a first apartment like a first serving job someone like threw a, a kid at you but crazy tour stories i don't really know anymore but um it was just in my living room my old apartment and i just was sitting there into the sun through the the patio and writing the answer that's out and that was like the first song i wrote and uh it's funny because in the music video you're writing the lyrics aren't you? <laughs> well we, we did write the lyrics together oh okay we so, finished them together i didn't yeah. write all the lyrics like all the lyrics that we 
it's a collaboration. It was a tag team with so, me and Josh Lyric was, but which like, is awesome. But like the, the meaning blueprint, like I was saying, um, I don't know. I want I wanted to represent like these are the songs that made who I am. These are the blueprints of my life. Like, and that's why the EP is called All I've Done. It's like it's about like it takes you kind of like through the start to finish of like how I became who I am and like things that I've gone through and, and, you know, loss and gain and friendships and relationships and, you know, going through all the stuff that you go through as a teenager. And that's why I wanted to give it that, like bring back people our age, like bring us back and give us a nostalgic kind of like a high school feel, you know, like 2009 yeah, yeah where things <laughs> were like, a lot simpler. Something about I, 2009 I that, that year was really, just like yeah. solid like a day to remember it just put out uh fucking homesick yeah. and like all those like solid warp tour that's when like, everyone was at their peak a skylit drive august burns red was like thrashing wow. around so many <clears throat> so that's the idea of where blueprint came from was 2009 it's funny that, that you noticed year. though that uh i was writing the answer i didn't know anyone would see that i thought that <laughs> <laughs> i write it I'm not gonna lie, I rewatched it today, but I do yeah. remember watching it uh like right after you guys did it and you shared it, and I was like, Oh shit. Adam I'm, pretty sure, man. I'm pretty sure I sent you a message saying that we should play a show together. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. is like everybody, now everybody gets that fucking message all the time. <laughs> and it's hard because people send you that message and like you you want to just set up a show and have it happen right there. And then, you know, a lot of times you get added to a show that already has a full bill and yep. it's a fucking pain in the ass, but then, yeah. yeah, with the music video, we just really wanted to come out strong, you know, that was the idea. But, oh yeah. We the quality was tight yeah. and the, uh, the, the location that uh, you guys shot it at. Yeah. That was just in Larkspur. That's oh, okay. actually right next to the new studio that we just set up. Nice. Like we didn't know it at the time because I we were living in or I was living in Castle Rock and that's where we are practicing is at my house. Um, and then we filmed this music video down in Larkspur. And okay. right around a month ago, we just moved right next to where we filmed that music just video. Done it in the area where they have the Renaissance Festival. That might really missed show. out on an hey, opportunity man. there, bud. Good an opportunity just for next kidding. Time. Uh, <laughs> No, it's a dope music video, and was it difficult to, because uh, it was like at the golden time of the day or golden whatever morning. it is, is that what it is? That's what, yeah, that's what I envisioned. Like so I thought that's what it was, because, and I was about to say it, but I didn't want the I mean, the yeah, it, was, it was kind of funny, because like, I picked this spot because this like was you got to get it right on the right. money. Yeah, we had like yeah. a couple shots. Our guy yeah. Adam was like, "Okay, the perfect time is now." And <laughs> I kept saying that yeah. like, over and over like, again. The perfect time is right now. <laughs> and <laughs> then we kept saying that because the the lighting yeah. kind of got like cool and like cool. Like, More like cool. set up color. And he's like, "Oh, this is super good. Oh, this is getting better." Yeah, <laughs> and it was. I like, put my symbol on still. All right, guys. <laughs> and it was like right once we got there too. Yeah. But like, what's crazy about this spot is it's like. It was a it was a kind of a part of where I grew up almost because like back in high school, this campground, which is where we filmed, was like the party spot. So it was like every weekend there was a huge rager there in high school. <laughs> like no joke, people were passed out just on the floor everywhere. There's a campfire. Jesus. So like <laughs> going back for the name blueprint, I mean like even the first music video kind of ties to that. But you also have to like kind of off-road a little bit to get there so we took my truck back there and we did like three different trips just bringing gear back and forth yeah it was right after um it was that huge fire hazard in colorado because right. last year we had that huge fire ban for like yeah. months and months and months they and we're like we just setting up to blow it down yeah. right and we, we were like <laughs> we want to do a campfire in the video because that That's would just tie it together part. and um it was like literally the day after they lifted the ban and we're we're going back there and the cops are like what are you doing and we're like we're having a campfire and they're like you know the fire ban's done and i'm like yeah it ended today and they're like uh well we're gonna hang out here until you're done and we're gonna make sure you put everything out because I remember as check. we were leaving, yeah. they went back in there. I started getting tipsy towards the building, <laughs> so yeah. I don't even remember them saying all that. <laughs> I just remember loading up, and I remember we're drinking uh, Japan sauce. Do you have that? No, it's from uh, Denver Beer Company. 
It's like a saison. It's funny. <laughs> I have no idea what those words mean. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's the saison. Sometimes we're typically brewed with rice. Sometimes it's saison. Sometimes it says off. <laughs> Ask my wife. That's a good one. Anyway, uh, yeah, there's no fucking way that we could have drank when we did our music video because it was in a body shop and it was like a hundred degrees that day. Oh man, that's how the morning was because we started filming. I don't remember the place. It's like this place is on some TV show for like huge lifted trucks in Golden. Yeah, we shot this first scene there, and it was already it was like the one where you're like at the job site or whatever. It's like ten in the morning. It's brutally hot. Yeah, that's a nice truck, by the way. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. I drove it here actually. I, uh, you know, I, I keep bringing up these, these little bits <coughs> to entice people to go watch the music video. Uh, but you guys have two music videos out too. Yeah. And one of them is for the title track or is it like, no, the no. title track hasn't been a music video. We okay. were planning on doing one for it, but, um, I get, I, okay. So this yeah. is where I got confused. Cause I watched that music video and then I watched the, Nothing all I've done is teaser yeah yeah, yeah. yeah so that it was like back to back so yeah mm -hmm. uh that's where my confusion came from that makes sense but uh yeah the thing i wanted to talk about with that video is uh it seems like you guys are all just like solid friends and like now i know that because you graduated high school and moved out here together but uh is it sometimes hard to be in a band together because you've been friends for so yes. long? <laughs> That's a good question, dog. How about Taylor yes. and Josh? I really like that question. Well, because it's <laughs> a good question. It's super hard because yeah. you have to know when to switch on, like being professional, when to be like purely a musician and yeah. write, and when to be friends and how to combine all. Of well, them. and it's hard sometimes for people not to take it personally. Like when you're like, "Hey, we need to do this." They take it sometimes. The cool thing about the three of us, and you know, Keaton just kind of like jumped right in and like is just you know part of the, the the fucking gang, you know. So like it really, when I say the three of us, I don't really mean it like that. But we've kind of uh, um, got past all the early stages of figuring out when to say what um, because we've already been in a band together. So yeah. that definitely helped um, along the way. But, I mean, me and Josh have had to work on how we communicate, for sure. Yeah. Like, 100%. Um, We're a lot better than we used to be. Yeah, yeah. We yeah, used to sure. argue a lot. I mean, Tyler and I are kind of the mediators in some of these. But <laughs> but we're passionate, though, and that's yeah. what you need. Basically, we just, from the beginning, we sat down. We're like, we want to do this. We're either all down or we're not. Yeah. And we all said we're down, and we said, that's it. Like, it's us four. There's no changing numbers. It's, right. Well, that's the, the band, thing, or it's like, not. Everybody in the band has to be all in. Would you agree? Because oh, okay. I've, I mean, I've talked to a few bands, and uh, it seems like the ones who are progressing, especially as quickly as you guys have, because I mean, the your music video and stuff you said came out like a year ago, six months ago, almost December December twenty first, the first thing. Yeah. And what? How long have you guys been playing shows? As our, our first music video ago. came out way before we uh, like played month, our first show. A month before our first show. Okay. So, I mean, even within the span of a year, you guys have, uh, you know, progressed and gotten yeah, some cool think shows. Happen this quick, man. Yeah. Just, a lot of it's yeah. being on the same page. I mean, yeah. and when we're not on the same page, we do whatever we have to do to get on the same page. Real well, and that's know, awesome. when we were talking, me and Josh, the idea of the band, you know, obviously it was Josh's music, but. I think me and his conversation is kind of what gave us the idea like this could be a little bit more than just, you know, whatever. Yeah. And, you know, Tyler really stepped it up as far as uh, booking shows for us, finding the right people to talk to. Um, so, you know, he deserves a lot of credit. Tyler's kind of our bass player slash manager, honestly. <laughs> yeah. So I 100% uh, understand that role. Yeah. That's why I have gray hair. <laughs> the hair down, the hairspray kind of hides it. But... Which we have a cool announcement soon. Uh, nothing set in stone, but I'm going to get some help on that front. So Hell yeah. We're pretty excited there. Not uh, really uh, told my story about how I joined the band. Oh, yeah. Know. Sorry, I fucked up. Dude, you're good, man. Um, it's because you're sitting right next to me. I'm like, yeah, I can right. see there's so much more to look at. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Literally. Is that, a, is that a fucking fat joke? <laughs> That's fine, dude. I'll take it. Are you one of the band? No, I was, I'm in the band. It's more like, uh, you know, the adults are talking. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. Okay, that is the first and last joke I'm going to make. All right, go ahead. I had no, I'm still just like kind of blown away, but. Anyway, um, well, kind of long story short, I've been in like 
kind of the Denver music scene for my whole life. Cause I started playing guitar when I was about six years old. Um, so I started a long time ago to jump and just kind of like moving from like small project to small project to small project and nothing really like ever, you know, came out of anything. Um, and that's when I started working at a music store when I was like 15 years old and I learned how to do like repairs and fix instruments and stuff like that. Um, so I've actually worked with a few bands in Denver. Um, and I've actually toured with some pretty well-known bands as a guitar tech. You want to drop um, some names? So I've uh, been with, uh, bands like Unspoken, Citizen Way. Um, my guitar teacher was the guitar player in Trapped. Um, so I got to work with him for a little while. Um, headstrong, if you guys know that one. Um, and then I actually did get a tech for Switchfoot for like one show um, out in California, which was pretty cool. Are you familiar um, with John Foreman's like solo shit that he does? Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. Yeah. But uh, anyway, continue. It really is. Not a lot of people <laughs> know about it. They know Switchfoot. They don't know about that. They I don't. I'm gonna go check it out. Yeah, it's uh, it's acoustic. He has a song called Caroline, and it's just like him and acoustic. There might be some like harmonies and shit, um, and like a harmonica, but it's like just a beautiful song. But uh, anyway, that's fucking rad. Yeah. So I mean, I was a tech for a while, um, and working at the music store, I met Michael, who was the guitar player in the Common Good, um, which is the band that these guys were in and um once they like kind of just got off the ground and started running um they needed a guitar tech because michael crazy guitar player and uh he wanted to play like three different guitars during the show um yeah. and then josh wanted to play like two different basses and then jake wanted to play three different guitars it always so, sounds like a good idea until <laughs> you get there and like you know you're supposed to switch guitars but you're like <laughs> This one's sounding really good tonight. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I always bring like an extra just in case, but uh, yeah, I don't have the balls to try and switch everything and like hook up my wireless to the other one. And yeah. And that's why they had me is because like literally they were playing in like three or four different tunings. And oh, then okay. that's where it makes right. like, a lot more sense. So I was like running around, you know, fixing Michael's wireless, changing guitars, setting up his pedal board whatever just doing the whole tech thing for this band and um i mean i was just teching for him just not really expecting anything because michael was a good friend of mine um and then we were at practice one day and i just like started picking up the acoustic and then taylor's like you'd be perfect for like my old band that i was in so like if you ever want to like write with me or whatever but anyway long story short i moved to michigan uh, to join a worship band um so i was playing for a church for about a year and um that was awesome i played for about two thousand people every week um and it was, was it like one of those mega churches it was like kind of. well when you're in michigan every church is a mega church so playing for two thousand people isn't as much as like the people that play for like ten thousand people oh, every so week shit. do you want to <laughs> hear like a fun music fact sure so you know that talking head song uh I can't remember the exact name of it. I think it might be same as it ever was yeah. uh, as the days go by. So they were all art students. Um, I can't remember which college they went to, but the songwriter was inspired by those like mega church, um, you know, the guys that like lead the service and like how they talk. Yeah. So if you listen to the way he says everything in the verses, that's inspired by um you know the guys yeah okay. the guys that would do all that shit which is that's interesting bananas like when i heard that uh i thought it was kind of kind of cool yeah, yeah all of us are in, uh, did play for church actually at one point i mean we just you know kind of have that upbringing a little bit i mean not you know too into it now but it definitely got us to where we're at i mean i'm way more of a you know pocket drummer than i would ever be if i didn't play credit and he definitely you know uh, had a lot of practice on bass uh with that and josh did it too uh so yeah all of us had a little bit of a pass with that so. yeah and before i joined uh this worship band it was kind of like uh 
I don't know. I was just like floating around from like project to project, playing guitar, playing guitar. And I was just like nothing sticking. So I was kind of almost to the point where I was like, well, okay, I'm, you know, 18, almost 19, like not in a solid band, never been in a solid band. Like I might as well just like go to college or do my thing. And then once I got the offer to like play in this worship band, the whole like full time, basically, I was just doing that every single day. Yeah. And then did you get paid or were you like living with other people that, uh, like did the whole church thing? Or? I had my own apartment at the time. So I was living in Michigan with actually my sister and my brother-in-law at the time. Okay. So I was living with them and my sister uh, was a firefighter out there. So she just like paid for the impart- apartment herself, which was awesome. Yeah. So awesome. I was just kind of like bumming off of her, just like, you know, doing the church thing every single day. Like whenever I wasn't, and I wasn't getting paid for it too. I was just like kind of helping out at the church, playing guitar, you know, every week. I just like didn't want to do anything else. And then, um, I don't know, I came to the point where I was like, well, I should probably go to school or I should like probably find a job that's going to pay me something. And then that's when I got the call from these guys being like, hey, we're starting this band and, uh, you know, we'd love to have you play guitar. And I was like, I moved back to Denver. <laughs> yeah, we kind of knew right away that it was Keaton. Uh, we had talked about it, uh, me and Josh, but not very long. <laughs> How did you guys meet? Uh, kind of good, really. So, so oh, Michael, oh, Michael Tripp right. brought it all together. Uh, right. He really did, honestly. I mean, Michael Tripp shreds, man. He deserves a lot of credit. Uh, underrated guitar player, that's besides the point. Um, but, yeah, uh, we met through the common good and just knew Keaton that way, knew he was a solid guy. And me and Josh were like, well, who do we want to play guitar? We had maybe like one other name of consideration, and I don't even remember who it was, but we just went with Keaton right away and asked him to join. So nice. I feel like, have we played a show? Probably, dude, I've seen you. Good? I've seen you. I know that <laughs> at shows with <laughs> metal we were shows. That's one of our last shows. Yeah. That's no. probably where you saw me. No, I, I fucking know that. I'm saying <laughs> I, I've seen you like in the, at metal shows and stuff like that. I don't know. Seen you around at the marquee. Yeah, I was nervous to join a band because I had this problem where I don't know how to like do shit halfway yeah it's either like both feet like all the way in Same. or i'm not doing it at all so i was yeah. like i don't know you know i don't know if we want to just be like a local band which there's nothing wrong with that right. or like if we wanted fun. to like you know do it for fun or if we wanted to take it serious and i'm like look i have a kid you know if i'm gonna do it i want to do it for real you know, like, yeah. yeah we did too so that's awesome it's uh extremely important not only having a good relationship with everybody in the band but um everybody having that all-in mentality because i don't know if people can tell live when you know there's certain people like obviously if someone's you know not going all out you can tell that you know they're not uh super passionate about it but when you have those members or that member that just it kind of weighs down the whole shit yeah i don't want to sound like an ass it's kind of like i agree it just kind of sucks the energy out of you. Because if one dude wants For to play sure. at Wembley and one dude's totally cool with playing his backyard, it's like it just constantly clashes. Because yeah, I mean this is a, you know this is a job. Like, yeah, I put we put hours, 10, money 15, to. 20 hours, money to oh, it every yeah. week. Like it's a thing where we don't get to say hey for the next couple of weeks we're not doing anything. Like that doesn't exist. Yeah. Well, I've seen you guys do it, and like you've probably seen that I do it. But social media just blasting it all the time. And it's like, if you really think about it, it's not that hard to post on social media. Right. But like, if you're consistent with it, you know, then people will see your shit. But uh, there's really no such thing as overposting nowadays just because not everyone sees it anyway. Right. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know though. Sometimes, sometimes, yeah. When people do the, uh, like the big, picture things on instagram you know and it's just like you're scrolling you through like and it looks like shit <laughs> yeah sometimes it doesn't that's look cool much. until you go to the profile like, i guess you know it didn't occur to me until just now that that's probably why people do it so yeah, let's yeah. go take let's you dope on the to the actual yeah, profile yeah. fuck me <laughs> but if you're seeing it i mean you're already following the page so true. that's crazy a little redundant in my opinion but anybody but, who does it uh don't judge me and that's why it's yeah, so hard to like be in a band almost because like if you're just like a solo artist, you can literally just take a selfie and be like, I'm posting it. And then it's like promo for yourself because, you know, you're the only person in the 
project, you know, but when you're in a band, it's like, okay, we got to schedule a time to do a promo shoot. We have to schedule a time to film this. We have a schedule time to edit this. And then we all have to agree. Like, does this picture look good? Does this not look good? Cause I mean, we're all about trying to take this band as a business and really market it and kind of convey what we want to, you know, our audience, which is our customers almost. And, you know, I mean, a band is a business and we are trying to do it, you know, full time and trying to make it happen. It's got to be, you know, promoted as such. We don't want it to lose that creative edge either. That's where it's hard. Well, it's, like, it's totally right. a business, but it's also totally not in the same yeah. thing where you don't want to be a robot, but you don't want to play. Right. You know, at some point you can't play for like free chips and salsa at mm -hmm. the local bar, you know, it's, right. you got to yeah. start asking. Yeah. Well, media is huge too. We've tried to have a videographer um, at every one of our shows so far. Uh, there's been like one or two that we haven't had one, but that's kind of big for us. Cause just like, even if we don't get anything super, super solid, we could always use some of it for footage yeah. or something solid to put on Instagram. And like, you know, it's kind of whatever, but I love making like the compilation yeah, videos. Yeah. It's just like, random, it's fun. Like, and like you said, if you do it enough, people will see it. Yeah. Right. And you know, they'll be like, these guys are posting a lot. And then eventually you'll start getting more views, more likes, stuff like that. And I also think like the, the reason we have to think about it so much is because like we haven't been a band for like five years. So it's like we don't have all this footage from years and years and years. So it's like yeah. when it comes to posting stuff, it's got to be something that we took yesterday or something we took today. It's not like throwback to 2009 yeah. when we were playing with this band. Oh, and yeah. it's Well, so. and that's uh, – I know I've brought it up before, but – I know that I've done this and so many bands do this thing where they start the band, they write some songs and then they automatically jump to trying to, you know, play shows and then worry about like recording later. And, you know, the solid foundation that you guys have, they kind of just jump that process and then go back and work on it. But I mean, the way you guys have done it, releasing singles and videos at the same time, like, that's a genius thing to do nowadays, but also just having that footwork so that when you do put out your EP, it's not a surprise. You know what I mean? It's not like put out the EP and like then try right. and get people mm -hmm. to listen to it. So it's we been have, tough all the time on releasing because it. yeah. we've had it recorded since. So we went to the, yeah, we went to the October studio October. Right before that. And like we were saying earlier, that's the big thing. Like it started off as Josh, like he had the songs written basically. Like we all helped with the songs, don't get me wrong, but he basically wrote the EP. Like it's not a secret, right. you know? And the next the next album we do will probably be more of a collective effort, but it was a blessing for us. It made it easy. We were just able to go and record, you know? Nice. And there are many days where we're like, fuck it, let's just drop the EP. <laughs> right. Yeah, let's just do it. A couple times. And we're like, no, no, you know, someone would kind of talk us out of it. Yeah, holding on to these since November and like constantly. Damn. I mean, I'm not even sick of it yet. <clears throat> yeah. And then we finally got the CDs a couple days ago. Yeah, like, cool. So you did one. make uh, physical yeah, copies? We have them. I have so one we can't show. play like this nostalgic music and not have CDs. CD. Yeah. See, it's I'm awesome. big on physical copies and stuff. I love it. It was always a dream of mine to have, like you know. Yeah. Well, just like popping in that car and like the drive. We had a rehearsal like and that. I got them and I popped it in the car and on the drive over here, it's just kind of like, I don't know, it gives you that like feeling like, damn, like this, it's like a piece of art or like something that you built. Or right. like, I well, yeah, because it's, it's kind of crazy not... to just sit back and just be like, shit, like that's actually pretty good because like everyone's your, you're your worst critic. Yeah. You know? Especially as an For artist, sure. any, any, any artist. And you think that's like, oh, I could have done this. Well, then there's this too. Why did I do that? It's like, you take a step back from that and kind of just appreciate like it as a whole. Oh, yeah. oh, this is where I was <clears throat> in this time. And this is how And then I you felt. then you stop listening to it. And then a week or two later, you pop back and you're like, oh, damn, it sounds pretty good. Because when you listen to it over and over again, you hear yourself, you think of all these things you need to work on. And then you hear it after a couple of weeks. And it's like, yeah. damn. Right. Well, and the, <laughs> the frustration from, you know, recording, getting copyrights, doing all that, when you get to hold the physical copy in your hands, then it's like none of that shit mattered yeah, at yeah, all because, working. you know, you have this thing that you'll get. Dude, us, us 2012 graduates, man, we're the last generation I feel like who cares about physical copies. Like, I don't want to get rid of my video games or like old movies and stuff because like I like holding it, you know what I mean? Like kids growing up aren't going to care at all. But Maybe yeah, we, it's a paranoia thing, but I'm a little know. sketch about like buying 
movies like only digital copies yeah, right. of like video games movies like all it's that gonna shit. disappear <laughs> one yeah. of these fucking days that's why i still have a <laughs> cd player that you can put some duracells in and go on about your business because if itunes crashes <laughs> yep i'm good yep well for the most part sometimes like my thing is streaming is good for you know if somebody tells you like check this band yeah check out this band called tiny moving parts you might like them blah 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 blah, and then you check them out and then you know you either love them or hate them as opposed to just going on amazon buying the album and then you know sticking it (laughs) on the bottom of your cd shelf and well it's good for merchant shows nowadays oh yeah that's what it is it's like it's hard to sell them though that's why i mean if i could give you guys a piece of advice i know you guys have been playing music for a long time uh a thing that we do is we have our EP for sale. It's like five bucks uh, for the Phantom EP. But like if somebody comes up to our merch table and they genuinely enjoyed our music and are, you know, wanting to pay for this album, especially like we've had, you know, sometimes people offer us like 10 bucks, 20 bucks. And uh, I'll just give it to them for free. Yeah. Because if you genuinely enjoy the music and want this CD, I want you to have it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, and I that's, make a fan. Yeah. It's and, not even making a fan. It's just, you know, showing like you came up to me to tell me this and you really didn't have to. So I want to give you, you know, aside from like T-shirts and hoodies, everything I can to let you know that I appreciate you. And what's cool about having the CD is like, it's like something you can give to somebody of being like, Hey, I like your band. And you're like, here's our music. You know, it's like you have something to give, you know, to people and you'll, you know, when you go on tour, it's not just like here, check us out here, check us out here. It's like, here, listen to this, put this in your CD player. Sure. Take a listen. And directly supports the band, you know? Yeah. At the same time, it's like, you know, people, kind of make it seem like it's hard to find someone online like a band or an artist but it's really not if you enjoy it if you like what you heard you know you can find them yeah it's not that hard like i mean when i go to shows if there's uh like i went to the dangerous summer like a couple months ago or whatever great state champs one well, I was at that one, um, but I saw them when they headlined the Marquee recently, oh, sure. and it was like them, Have Mercy, and then this band called Modern Chemistry that I had never listened to them before, but they blew me away, so I went and bought their vinyl, and because I buy vinyls and CDs, like bands that I really love, like yeah. the Gaslight Anthem, Brian Fallon, Death Cab, I'll buy the CDs and the vinyl. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just, you know just to have it and i love uh you know for the longest time i had every blink 182 <laughs> i mean i still have them but i never opened them because they were treasured and then one day i was just bored and i said fuck it and i opened yep. all of them and they were all like the colored vinyls yes. like crazy yeah. fucking colors you blew your mind when you yeah. opened it and i could i posted it all on an instagram story <laughs> i couldn't help it yeah no. but uh I kind of, I know we touched on it, but who are the influences that um, really make you guys, I mean, you said that like warp Tour bands and stuff inspire you, but what were some bands that you were listening to that kind of, you think? I'll start off by saying this genre. We'll go in, we'll go in line. There's a lot of bands I could talk about that have influenced me at different times in my life. But music for me, well, I'm just saying for this genre though, as far as, like us getting into this kind of music, I, I think it's Cartel. I don't know if you know them very I well. I definitely know Cartel. Just like, you know, really pop punk. Um, Please. You know, Chroma. Yeah, yeah, honestly, say anything. Um, when we were all in eighth grade, that was like the first band that we really latched <clears throat> on to. And then we kind of started getting into a little heavier stuff, but like Silverstein and like Hawthorne Heights, like that emo like kind of oh, yeah. style really influenced us to get to this point as well. Memory. Emery is huge. Uh, you know, they're not as big as some of the other bands, but we saw them all together when we were young, just becoming friends. Um, and then we were, got the opportunity to play with them last month with Hawthorne Heights, which really just inspired all of us more. Um, it was cool because yeah. Keaton didn't really grow up with those two bands, but he got to play with them with us. Yeah. And it kind of got us all a little bit closer in that regard, just as far as like uh, influences. Bridging um, that gap. Exactly. 
And uh, there's a lot of other influences, but yeah, you, you know, we definitely got into the whole Warped Tour, Melkor type of thing for a while. Um, See, Hawthorne Heights was the bridge for me yeah. into like hardcore. Yeah. yeah. And like, I guess pop punk was more from like Blink-182 and then Newfound and then kind of went that way. But Hawthorne Heights was like the first screamo which then led to a day to remember, which then yeah. led to like there yeah. was huge for everyone. I feel Hard like war. yeah, I remember buying Shot in the Nights, Dark, The Silence in Black and White. I remember buying that. <laughs> I heard it and made a friend. I had my mom buy it because I was like fifteen yeah. and I didn't know how to order shit online. I Nikki FM it. was yeah. like my favorite. And playing song it and just yeah. thinking dang, like, dang, dang, I want to play music like this somehow. I don't know how, but yeah, I don't even really know how to play music, but I want to try and play something like this. <clears throat> it's the emotion that it invokes mm -hmm. for me so, and Tyler. I know Under Oath was huge for me and him. Oh, fuck. Because Aaron Gillespie really made me think about drumming. Because yeah. um, he's not like a conventional mm -hmm. drummer, he does weird stuff, but stuff that makes sense. It's hard shit, man. Yeah. He was the reason that uh, every band that I had ever been in since I was 13, I always sang and played drums in every band. Like, that was yeah. my one, like, I gotta sing. I'm lucky enough drums. that these guys let me do backup vocals while drumming. It's really fun for Which me. Is tight. Uh, yeah, it's really fun for me. So I appreciate that from these guys. Let me do that. Um, <laughs> I mean, I hope, I hope it sounds good, but I, you know, I do appreciate that they let me do that because it's really fun. So. Do you do any vocals in the studio too? Or not on this. Live? Not on this EP. Okay. Uh, on the future one, I'm sure I'll hop in and try something at least once. We'll see what happens. Josh is like, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Slow your roll there. Yeah. Depends. Uh, anyway, influences going down the line. Uh, Hawthorne Heights. Yeah, I mean, and like you said, Cartel, that was a big band for me. I never wanted, this kind of sounds funny. I don't know if you call this pop punk, alternative rock, but I never saw I just said alternative rock in yeah. the YouTube description just because, like, that could go a lot of ways. Yeah. I just feel like the lyrics and, you know, alternative Rocky. the thing about your band is just a uh, little bit more like beyond pop punk. Yeah. yeah. And, we, so. we, and we can agree with that too. And it's funny because I never in a million years picture myself being a band like this. Yeah. Usually I'm in like super like deathcore, hardcore, like that. That's how I got introduced to the music scene in Denver. Yeah. Was just showing up to like Casey Strand. Yeah. Or Oceano solo. I didn't know anyone. Or, yeah. you know, I would just wander into local shows and I started to meet people. And then, uh, I started to listen to more, I guess, like pop punk and yeah. alternative rock. And, you know, Cartel was a big one early on. And then I started to get into things like Real Friends and Dangerous Summer. And that's what got me this way. But, like, Kid Kid, it was like Sublime and No yeah. Doubt. And then starting to get into Blink-182 a little bit. I and that's how I started. Yeah, I'm not yeah, yeah, me and my mom uh, always Gwen did, no Stefani doubt. was just, uh, there's nothing that she has put out. I've been the like, shit is bananas though, dude. Yeah. I agree with that. I, I don't see that. There's some people that won't get that. Yeah. And anywhere from like Stone Temple Pilots, you know, I can remember yeah. a pretty profound memory of being a kid. My mom, yeah, we're not too far in age. Me and my mom, she had me young, so she listened to all that. I found a Stone Temple Pilot CD when I was like six and threw it in and like blared it. And I can remember that, you know, I was a goofy kid. I didn't know what I was doing at the time, but I, I still listen to that album in entirety. Nice. So, yeah. <clears throat> I guess it's my turn. Um, my, my pick, if I had to pick one, it'd be Fall Out Boy. Uh, Fall Out Boy was like Patrick Stump was my fucking, like my idol. It makes sense time. with your vocals. because I, I like idolize my voice. A lot of the things I do and the way I write and my melodies come from, you know, from under a cork tree, like that album and, you know, um, and fitting on high, like I used to play that on repeat in my room all the time. I don't know why. I just love, love their uh, their look, their style. They were from Chicago. They were local for me, so that was kind of nice. And I don't know. I went and saw them at the Rose um, in Chicago when I was, I think, for my birthday when I was like 15. My dad took me. I was that when they were on tour with Plus with Metro 44? Station, oh. Cobra Starship, Fall Out Boy, and uh, Hey Monday. Damn. Yeah, so it was back back in the day, like when Cassie Pope before Cassie Pope before was she got ultra artist, famous. She was hey my Metro was my Station shit. used to be tight too. Yeah. <clears throat> my sister like didn't believe me. She's like, Cassie Pope was not in a pop punk band. I'm like, yeah, yeah she man. was. <laughs> I guess she was. You used okay. to like play War Torch. But yeah, she's like, still she's married to someone from all time low, isn't she? The drummer. I don't 
don't possibly. Know. I don't know. Anyway, not <laughs> that it fucking matters. <laughs> <laughs> all time low. When you come on the podcast, we can talk about it. Yeah, dude. All time low was a big one too. I was listening to them in like the audition, like yeah. back back when they were like first getting into that kind of music. See, it's crazy um, all being the same age because like you saying all time low when we were 15 nothing personal came out and that had weightless damned if i do you i used uh, to play guitar through that whole album like, on repeat. i used I to like play dear maria. maria it's really the only song I dear maria is good they're the first album it's just like hits home as a kid like like high school and it you know let it roll and like dear maria and like all those songs casey what is it boys like girls was a big one and they're like came out with boys um, like girls they were dope back in the day i mean i remember listening to him be like whoa how does he sing like that <laughs> yeah. yeah that dude had a high voice yeah patrick yes. stump was my boy and then i got their dvd for their live for their live concert in like phoenix when they put that out and i used to watch that like non-stop and kind of like study study what he did and how he played guitar and stuff like that and i don't know but that's that's my inspiration i think it comes with like a little bit of like countryside Your dad was a musician too well I guess I could touch on that real quick. I was born in Nashville. My dad was talking to a, like, I think he was talking to a country label or somebody that had to do with that. When my mom was pregnant with me and they moved from Illinois to Nashville, I lived there for about two years. I was a baby, ended up not working out. And then I came back home uh, to Illinois and grew up there. Yeah, was raised on like Dan Fogelberg and like all these old like folk bluegrass country. The Eagles was like a huge one. The Beatles was a big one. Um, and then I met them and that's when I started listening to Screamo. And like Alsana was like a big one that he showed oh, yeah. me when we first got, and I hated it. And then they came this out with the, the, empty, the next, that's the song the I was thinking of. The emptiness came out, the album after yeah. like I like the first two came out, I, I was like, man, that and that came out, and I was like, oh my god, that whole EP is just what is just song at the end of that? Is it Annabelle? Yeah. The Owl is my favorite, dude. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the whole the way it's set up is like a concept, and it has this go. It's like their first album all the time. I have a question for you. Do you hear any like twang or like country influence in his voice at all? Definitely. Okay. I was he doesn't see it at all. I don't a lot of people come, say it though. It. Carry you home, dude. There's <laughs> one line in there where it's like you sound like a different. I think guy. it's uh, nothing left to lose for me. Yeah. Some kind of sickness to wear this down. What was the, yeah. We were sitting in the studio <laughs> doing the answer, and I, can't I was sitting change in the hallway. My house. I heard it. It was just like because <laughs> at that point it was like acoustic guitar, like just the backs, and then drums, and then bass, and then it was like his vocals. I mean, it's not like if you're not really exactly. paying attention, but so my right. brain does this thing where it like downloads, uh, like I can. Uh, imitate people this really well and mm-hmm. like mimic them like it yep. just my brain fucking downloads people like that so i notice shit like that but i mean to anybody just having a conversation with you regularly they probably wouldn't notice mm-hmm. yeah but yeah there's certain like little undertones of twang which is which is not we're cool with it no it's not bad yeah kind of like that'll draw in different crowds we feel like you know oh just, for sure you know what i'm saying it's not just one type of demographic that we have to lean on. And it doesn't just like tie us down to one genre either. I mean, yeah. we can play it. You know, we were talking about songs. writing like a country song down the road. Let's <laughs> do it. And see so how we can like pull it off. I've been listening to a lot of outlaw country mm-hmm. and uh, just that style. I Earl think Haggard I do. And, like, Johnny Cash. Waylon and Jennings. You look like it would be a nice challenge. I think we could pull it off. Too. Yeah. That would be tight. Yeah. Or if you just did like. Uh, you know, reinvented versions of your songs. Well, <laughs> the country style. Yeah. Like steel guitar. using brushes and shit. Happy dope. Steel guitar. Hell yeah. Some yeah. Dobro or something. So influences. Uh, so for my influences, I kind of got into pop punk and alternative rock, like through, through blues almost to like kind of go back to the grateful dead. Like you were saying dead and company um i can't i'll take the hate for a little bit because i know more of grateful dead songs because john mayer's in it now and john mayer's kind of been one of my biggest influences growing up so so underrated so underrated i mean like okay other people would probably say overrated because of like your body is a wonderland shit like that but like john mayer (laughs) they haven't like john mayer trio yeah they need to like dive in like further the show I went to at Pepsi Center, the trio opened up for him. 
Yeah, I wish that I could have awesome. right, gone to that one. I saw him at Red Rocks after Paradise Valley came yes. out. And uh, he played Neon, just him, mm -hmm. acoustic, and like ripped a solo. So and it was uh, pretty mind-blowing. I saw him at the Pepsi Center show, and he had three different acts. So he started with the trio, and then he came out, did an acoustic set. And, he did a and then he did a full band set. And then he ended it with just one song on piano. And then he like oh, walked through a door like in the middle of the stage. Really awesome, it, was, it was just like the most classy performance I've ever seen yeah, we of any there. artist. Because <laughs> it was like it was like yeah. you know he'd come out and play a song, and then right after the song, everything would fade to black, and then you'd see a typewriter typing out chapter two, and then the whole band would come out right after that. And it was just like it was like so professionally so done, so classy, and me like. I know I could probably, you know, sing every John Mayer song in the book just because, like, I don't know, something about, like, his song would just, like, speak to my heart. Um, but me, I was, like, bawling my eyes out the whole show. Like, no <laughs> joke. So I was just, like, beautiful. But, like, it's kind of you're in that moment and it's just, like, you and John. And then, like, and 10,000 other people. But it's, like, me and him. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's, like, when it's that artist that you, like, look up to so much, it's, like, you have that moment, you know? I get it. First time I saw the Gaslight Anthem and Brian Fallon, I just, <laughs> I don't even think I sang along to any of the songs because I was so just was like, like, you're just because <laughs> <laughs> they were, I mean, he's the whole reason I, uh, you know, started the Backseater. So nice. I get it. But uh, going off of what you said about John Mayer, that's probably why he likes playing with the mm. Grateful Dead so much is because like his <laughs> shows are so, uh, you know, Crazy. They fall in line so well. Right. And when he plays with the Grateful Dead, Little you know, endless possibilities. There's no set list. Right. Shit like that. So he gets to just, you know, go out there. He doesn't have to be do his your thing. body is a wonderland, John May. Yeah, right. So, absolutely. He doesn't have to be date night John. You know, <laughs> is that every, one, every that's year. one of his newer ones, huh? <laughs> And, you know, all the all the fans who had a lot of backlash on him joining, like I get it at first, but he makes he makes a lot of those songs sound. Yeah, he makes amazing. people happy with yeah. his music and, and his people voice. like it, so it doesn't matter. And at the end of the day, the Dead is touring. Yeah, that's super cool. Even if you're not a Dead fan, this band's been this band is like a generational band. They've been playing what fifty years. Right. Yeah, since nineteen sixty-seven, since sixty-eight. And this is going to be like a band where it's like when Bob Weir dies, like we're going to be able to say, oh, we saw him live with John Mayer. And Bob Weir, I mean, I'm and, pretty sure he said himself, like, John is carrying the next generation. This doesn't yeah. stop with me. Right. This well, I mean, there's a set of videos on YouTube where he's talking about, um, you know, when he joined and stuff, like he watched videos and listen to you know every single song every single iteration of mm -hmm. how jerry garcia played the songs and he said it's not you know you're not just playing songs you're playing people's memories right of these songs because like some people have been listening to it since 70s 80s whatever mm -hmm. um and you know and he, it's been their soundtrack for their life exactly so like, and he took it yeah. upon himself to you know understand what a you know, huge responsibility it was to take that on. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck Trey Anastasia. <laughs> I mean, I respect Fish, but I'm not about it. I don't not listen to him that much. I like more of the jam band here kind of yeah. stuff. That's like the epitome of jam band. I mean, I, I like Grateful Dead, but as far as like string cheese and like all the I other like ones Pots. i uh i've heard nothing about good uh, of good things but same um, it's not cheese. that's yeah. just that's the extent of how far i venture and yeah. i think part same. of it has to do with i mean i watched uh bob weir's documentary on netflix mm -hmm. long strange trip on uh prime that's video dope. um but like a lot of it just has to do with the fact that uh and the reason why i started listening to him is because you know they started out playing like bluegrass and yeah. like mm -hmm. real like rock and roll like it wasn't fucking you know super trippy, trippy back stuff, in the yeah. day like if you listen to europe 72 like that's rock and roll and and also the thing is is like the grateful dead's not like a goofy band like when you think of string cheese incident like even their name's pretty goofy oh, yeah. and like 
I work at a music store. So when it comes to like guitar players, you know, they're like Trey is the best, you know, and like they love all the crazy stuff that, you know, Fish does and whatever. But I mean, once I saw like, you know, their drummer dresses up in a dress, it, it kind of just like turned me off a little bit and how they just wrote all these goofy songs. That's the one they like, I mean, I, I understand it and I get it. It's just like, it's just like, it's almost like they're not taking their music seriously in a way, but granted they are, but I don't know. That's rough for me as well. It was just like, you know, when it's the Grateful Dead, it's like classy songs, you know, folk, yeah. you know, real, it's real music. And it's then like Ramble on Fire is my favorite yeah. Grateful Dead song. Right. They play Tennessee, rock, they yeah. play punk, yeah. they play 80s mm -hmm. pop. It's, yeah. yeah, it's everything. All right, enough about the Grateful Dead. Yeah, okay, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll, I'll kind of tie it back. So like that's kind of where I started. Um, was like the bluesy side of John that's Mayer. What we were talking about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll tie it back. So I started with like the bluesy side. Um, I kind of grew up with my dad. He was a total '80s rocker, listening to like Van Halen, Poison. You know old you know Boston stuff like oh, that. Fuck. So that's like all the bands I grew up <laughs> listening to. Motley Crue. Um, those were huge ones for me. So that's like really what inspired me to pick up the guitar. When I was six years old, I heard, you know, my dad, you know, put in a Guns N' Roses, you know, CD. And I was like, sweet child of mine, just like every other guitar player in the world. You know, that's the first song you want to learn. And um, mine you know, was all the small things. <laughs> Heck yeah. Well, I got into that later. It was kind of funny because it, it was like right after like, you know, the hair band stuff. You know, I was like okay, this stuff is like too old for me now. Like I'm like, you want to find it. your own. And that's when I found Blink actually it was it was like, that's, that's kind of the band that I grew up listening to as far as, you know, getting me into the pop punk thing. Okay. Um, and then it was funny because right out of Blink um, is when I started going to Warp Tour. I think my first Warp Tour was 2015. I know I'm a baby. But my first warp tour was 2015. Poor, poor thing, man. You missed out on a lot of good shit. I know I did, man. <laughs> 2008 was my first one. And I yes. think that Jesus. Was the main reason I went was to see Angels and Airwaves. And oh, hell yeah. Also saw Katy Perry. Yeah, yeah. It was like oh, was the year three hundred three played. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> nice. I think two thousand seven was like my first like start, and then I went like four years in a row, and then I skipped a couple. And then I, I went, went nine years. I almost went ten years in a row, and then I think it was six when did they do the last one? Two thousand seventeen. Two thousand nineteen. Last year. Well, no, 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 like the last traveling one. 17, I think. It was no, 17. No, it was only two years ago. I went to it in Denver. Yeah, yeah so 17. So 17. Oh, gotcha. You're talking about the year of the war tour. So 2016 was the first year that I didn't go. Just because, like, I love war tour, but the bands just... So to give you an idea of how young I am, back in 2008 was your first one. I was nine years old. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, I went to my first warp tour in 2015 and I was listening to like Blink and that was the band that was like, you know, played warp tour. So I was like, fuck yeah, I want to go to warp tour because of Blink and, you know, whatever. And then that's when I discovered um, Knuckle Puck. Because I went there and I saw their set and it just blew my mind. So I bought that one was, of their CDs. Uh, that was when Copacetic came out that year. Yeah. The, so the green yeah mm -hmm. green album? it was actually before that it was right before they put it out because oh, okay. i purchased both of their eps mm -hmm. it was um the one with like the steps walking up to yeah. the house and then uh the like one with like street. the rollerblades yeah. on it That's like right in the street no good yeah no good and i bought both of those cds and for the next literally two years those were the only two cds in my car um so i got in with knuckle puck um, and that's kind of what really brought me into the whole. So, yeah, unfortunately, that is the end of what I have of the interview because Pro Tools decided to stop recording and YouTube decided to only post an hour of the stream to my page. Uh, I'm going to play their song, All I've Done, in a second, uh, but I just want to apologize to blueprint and i want to apologize to everybody listening um there's going to be a redemption podcast everything's going to work perfectly and we're going to have another great conversation but 
Here is their song, All I've Done. Enjoy. Enjoy. 